0: Read a scripture as we start this morning. It's one that you're very familiar with, but you know, I think we take it for granted. I met with a guy last week, and I began to talk to him, and he had never heard this scripture. He didn't even know some of the basics that you and I, and he had never been to a church. He he just didn't know anything about God and about church. He wasn't opposed to it, he just didn't know it. So let's read a scripture that we might all be able to quote. But let's read it this morning with some freshness. John 3:16, in the 18, this is the New King James. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, or you could say, God so loved me that he gave his only son, Jesus. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Glory be to God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word, and we approach it reverently. Father, we thank you that your blessings are here. We thank you that your presence is here. And we ask that you minister to each one of us in a special, unique way today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Everybody say give. Everybody say gifts. You know, when I think about gifts, I think about Christmas. How about you? The number one time in the year to give a gift is at Christmas time. I want to tell all the guys this is a public service announcement for you. Christmas is coming. (laughs) And your special someone wants something for Christmas so don't wait to the last moment. There's only 48 shopping days to Christmas. Oh my gosh, it's getting close. And then I want to encourage all the men in here. Make sure that you give your wife a good gift, not a bad gift. Have you ever gotten a bad gift? Yes. Anybody ever gotten a good gift? (laughs) My wife up here said, yes, I've gotten a bad gift. (laughs) You know, at at Christmas you give gifts and and you want to give a good gift and so our very first Christmas, 14 years ago, I gave my beautiful bride, we'd been married for about eight months and I thought, man, what can I give her to show my love how much I care for her? I prayed about it. Well, probably not. (laughs) According to her, I didn't pray at all. (laughs) And there's this big box in the corner behind the tree, and she's looking at it for weeks, and then all of a sudden she opens it up, and guess what it is? Golf clubs! (laughs) Wait a second. Y'all didn't like that gift? Golf clubs. Oh, by the way, she doesn't play golf.
1: Uh I
0: guess I should have told you that part. See, to me, golf clubs are a great gift. But I play golf. See, I think she she definitely didn't want that gift, nor did she need that gift. But then she actually prayed and fasted about what to give me. When I grew up in the 80s, when I was in school at the university. There was a game out called Miss Pac-Man. Many of you ever heard of that game? Miss Pac-Man, waka 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 waka. He's got a big old, huge cassette. Man, you put your quarters in. I could stay at that game for weeks, for days, hours, and I did. Spent all my quarters on that machine. Guess what she gave me for our first Christmas gift? You guessed it. I got a Miss Pac-Man machine, a vintage antique sitting down in the garage. She brings me down with my eyes closed, hands over, and shows it, and I just go bananas. Uh-huh. I start rejoicing. You'd have thought Jesus was coming real soon. And I played with it, and she she played with her golf clubs one time.
1: Mm.
0: See, there's a difference between a good gift and a bad gift. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between a gift that you want and a gift that you need. Number one thing I want to remind you this morning, first point, is God is a giver. He's a giver, not a taker. He's a giver. He blesses. He's constantly looking to give you something good and something you need. Unlike me giving my wife golf clubs. (laughs) Duh, that was really not very bright. (laughs) But God is a giver. But number two, The thing about God that we know, he always gives us what we need and what we want. Not only is he a giver, but number two, he gives us what we need. Uh Then my big question is, what do you need? What does everybody on this planet need? What do we all have in common that we need? If he's a good God that gives good gifts... And we know that he gives us what we need, then my big question is, what do you need today? Amen. What is a need that everybody on the planet has? Let me read you a couple of scriptures and let's talk about that. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Everybody say, everyone. 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 All of us. Everybody say, all of, all of us. We miss the mark. We mess up. We make mistakes. We don't quite get it right all the time. It so says every single one of us misses the mark. And then in Romans five twelve it says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Mm-hmm. Now, let me catch you up on something. You may not be aware of this, but the first guy on the planet was a guy by the name of Adam. And Adam used to hang out with God, and God said, you know what, Adam? There's just one thing you can't do. There's a ton of things you can do, but one thing I want to protect you from, there's this tree over here. Don't eat from it. And he said, when you do, that day, you're going to die. Now, before I answer that question and we get in that deep, let me explain to you what you are. You are a three-part being, not a two-part being. You're a three-part being and you have a body. Everybody say, I got a body. (laughs) I mean, you're looking at only a part of Marcus, but you're looking at a part that's six foot tall, weighs about 175 right now, and is slick as he can be on top. (laughs) I mean, I shaved that head this morning. This is my outside but there's some parts of me you cannot see. You can't see my soul, and my soul is my intellect, my will, my emotions, that part that you see me engaging you right now. You can't see that part, but that's a big part of me. But then there's another part, called my spirit, which is the real me. It's, it's what makes me go. You know, I kind of liken it to a car. How many of you have ever seen a car in an automobile? Mm-hmm. Anybody seen one? Mm-hmm. you got the outside, you can see it's the body of the car. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the interior and the brains of the car. I mean, we've got computers and cars like you wouldn't believe now. They can tell you where to go, and I'm so very thankful. <laughs> I'm new to Manchester, if you haven't figured that out, and I'm so thankful there's something in my car that can tell me where to go. Mm-hmm. I would get lost yeah. in this big place. But so you got that that soul of the car, the interior on the inside. But then you got something that makes it go. That's called the motor or the engine. And that's what makes the car special. That's what makes it go.
1: Yeah.
0: And see, what he said to Adam that day is, Adam, in the day that you, that you do that, what's going to happen is the inside, your spirit man, is all of a sudden the light's going to go out. And you and I are not going to be able to have close fellowship one-to-one like we've had in the past. And so that day when he died, he didn't die physically. That day when he died, he didn't die up here. He kept thinking. But his relationship with God changed. Yeah. And all of a sudden, him and God didn't get to hang out with each other like they had talking face-to-face, shoulder-to-shoulder. And I'm here to tell you, that One sin passed down to each and every one of us. We've all sinned. We all have that nature to kind of miss it or miss the mark or not do what's right. I'll prove it to you. Anybody ever met a two-year-old? Anybody ever met a three-year-old? There are two words you do not have to teach a two-year-old or a three-year-old to say. And those two words are, number one, no. And the other one is mine. Pick up your toys? No. Come here and eat? No. And then when a little girl walks in, there's another little two-year-old, and another little two-year-old walks in. She walks in with her dolly. All of a sudden, her dolly is mine. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just something in us that drives, and we miss the mark. And all of a sudden... God said, I'm going to give you what you need. See, we all need a Savior. We all need somebody to pay the price and stand in the gap so that we can become alive to God and be brought, in, brought back into fellowship and relationship with him. And I love what the Scripture says here. In Romans 6, 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word wages there means what we earn or deserve based on our own efforts or our own performance. Mm -hmm. I can never do enough good deeds. I can never do anything great enough to get me in a position where my spirit man is now alive unto God and I can fellowship with him face to face and shoulder to shoulder. See, on the inside, when man is walking around on the inside, he's separated from God. He's no longer in a place where he can just say, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? There's this separation. See, our wages, what we earn, would never be enough. But it says the free gift. Everybody say free gift. Aren't those the... The best kinds of gifts, the ones that are free, what does it mean if it's a free gift? It means this, something that is bestowed without cost to the recipient as the giver has paid the price. The best gifts are the gifts where the giver paid the price and gave you what you wanted and gave you what you needed. See, God is constantly pursuing you. He loves you. He cares about you. And every day he wants to walk in fellowship and relationship with you. He wants to be as close to you every day as the person next to you and even closer. He wants to live with you on the inside. And that's why he said, I'm going to give you a savior. Yeah. You remember the, the example of the car? When I was 17 years old, this literally happened. I was sitting in my room thinking, I wish my parents would bring me a car. Anybody ever thought that? You were wanting a car. You were thinking, I really need a car. And my parents literally drove up with a car for me. Yes, thank you so much. It was amazing. And I walked out, and I'm here to tell you the body of the car was awful. (laughs) It was a 1974 four-door Nova. It was white, They bought it from Alabama Power Company, and it had a big emblem on the doors that said Alabama Power. So before they could drive it off the lot, somebody from Alabama Power took a can of white spray paint and spray painted over the doors. The body didn't look too good. And I thought, okay, maybe the interior is better. I'll open the door. And it had rips all in the seats. (laughs) And I'm here to tell you it was an AM radio, not even FM, AM. No power windows, it was roll up the windows and they were kind of stuck and you had to crank them. And so I looked at my parents and said, why did you buy the car? And they said, oh, by the way, you owe us $650, that's how much we paid for the car. (laughs) This is getting worse. What gift? Couldn't I have been involved in this? Oh but then. Oh but then. They said open the hood. Thank you for that. That was a great sound effect. She went, oh yes. I opened up the hood and there was a brand new engine on the inside. Brand spanking new. Man, before they took it off the lot, the other engine had blown up. They put a brand new engine on the inside. I, the, the outside looks awful, the inside's not too good, but I'm here to tell you the engine that makes it run, it was brand new. And what God does for you and me, I mean, I wish when I said Jesus come into my heart, I wish He'd changed the outside. <laughs> I would have liked to have been six foot four. I would have liked to have played professional basketball. That would have been great because I played all my life. And and I would love to have gotten a little bit smarter on the inside and not think the way I do. But you know what changed? Inside. He took out that old stony heart, that old sin nature, and he said, I want to give you a new nature. I want to put something in you that will make you go. And I'm here to tell you, there's a new life in me. I'm now alive to God. I, I'm free from sin. I have been delivered. And now I get to walk with God every single day. He talks to me. I talk to him. Yes. As I recognize that new life on the inside. And I'm here to tell you, my spirit man runs on the love of God rather than on petrol. Come on. He puts his love. He infuses you. He puts his spirit on the inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. See, the greatest gift that you could ever receive is the one that you need to put you in a position where you and God are in relationship and fellowship. And that's what Christianity is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are a lot of different things out there that say you can get to God this way or that way, but none of them involve a Savior who paid a price for you. That's right. My parents paid 650 US American dollars for that car back in 1977 yes I'm 56 if you're trying to figure out how old I am I know I don't look that old thank you thank you very much but they paid 650 or I could say I paid 650 dollars but let me tell you what Jesus paid for you I want you to ever leave a place for the rest of your life and think that you're of no value and no worth. That's right. <coughs> See, you judge the value and the worth of something by how much you pay for it, don't you? Come on. Think about that.
1: That's right.
0: Things that seem to be more valuable and more precious, the price tag goes up. Mm-hmm. Or we'd say it like this: things that are more unique. And in short supply, Mm -hmm. you got to pay a little bit more for it, don't you? Absolutely. Listen to what he paid for you. In him, that's Jesus, we have redemption. Redemption means to pay back or, or to buy back, rather. We have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. In the New Living Translation, it says, He is so rich in his kindness and grace, his graciousness, his love. And the word grace there means he is a gracious, giving dad. He's so kind and rich in his grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. See, God didn't pay for your sins with pounds.
1: That's right.
0: With sterling. No, he didn't. He paid for it with the blood of Jesus. Yes, he did. And now we get to pass from death unto life. Mm -hmm. And I was this morning doing my devotional time. This was my devotion scripture this morning. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. One says you pass from death to life. What does that mean? It means you go from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive. Mm -hmm. See, as as people on the planet, we think of life and death being this outward body. I tell you, the life and death you need to be concerned about is on the inside. Mm -hmm. That spirit man, the real you. And when I said, Jesus, come into my heart, back when I was 20 years old, a sophomore at the university, I said, Jesus, save me. I give you my life. He took out that old engine. He He took out that old motor that was running my life. It was running it, and it was ruining it. There was insecurity. There was fear. There was dread. My engine was all gunked up. It wasn't firing on all cylinders. And I'm here to tell you, it was about ready to blow. But you know what he did? He took it out and he put something better in the place. Full of life and full of his love. That's what it means to pass from death to life. And very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and is now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Well, I'm one of those. I hope you are too. I was walking around a dead man, spiritually separated from God. And when I was 20 years old, I said, Jesus, come into my heart. And he did. He saved me. He redeemed me. He set me free. And he's been living in there ever since. Mm. That's the engine that drives me. That's the motor that gets me going. And it's fueled by his love, his kindness, and his acceptance. I really sense in here that there's somebody in here you don't feel accepted. No matter what you do, how hard you try, you don't feel accepted by those around you. But I'm here to tell you, God accepts you for who you are. And you don't have to change. He wants to change you himself from the inside out. And then another thing that we see here in this great, amazing gift, in him we have Forgiveness of sins. Everybody say forgiveness. See, point number three is in his gift is total forgiveness. Complete forgiveness. You could not have been so bad that God the Father couldn't take that old gunky engine out and put a new one in. You couldn't be so bad that he would not forgive anything that you have done. Yes. It has to be of a God who's a benevolent creator because you and I don't have that ability to do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Somebody cuts us off on traffic, we get mad and we shake our fists, and we might do some other things that we can't talk about in church. <laughs> yeah. But not God. An amazing, loving yes. father. Yeah. The word forgive means this. Forgive means to let it go. Let it drop and leave it alone. Come on. When you or me say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I've missed it. I know I need a Savior. I know I need you. He grabs that sin and he lets go of it. It drops and then he turns around and he leaves it under the blood of Jesus. It also means to cover or to cover in his blood. And the reason God the Father forgives you and forgives me, the reason why he gives us new life, but then he says, even after you become my child, I'm going to forgive you. The reason he does that is because he wants to hang out with you every single day. See, accepting Jesus and being born again is not an event. It's an entrance into a new life. Oh, I didn't get too many amens from that. I'm here to tell you, it's not an event. It's an entrance into a new life yeah. that's a better life. Yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's the gift that never goes out of style. It's the gift that right. never, ever fades out. Yeah. You may get a new pair of but I'm telling you, next season, they're going to be out. They're not going to be the right color. I'm telling you, this year it might be black. Next year it's going to be green.
1: It's
0: true. Things go out of style, but the gift of God's love and the new birth never does.
1: That's right.
0: It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's the gift that never runs out. It's the gift that never goes out of style. That's right. And it's the gift that we all need. I love this verse over here in Isaiah 43. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Now everybody look at me. You got to get this point. God chooses not to remember what you've done wrong.
1: That's right.
0: God chooses not to remember your old engine and your old life and your old stuff. That's right. He's like me when that that car, all he sees is a new engine. Yeah. And then when the new engine kind of starts getting gunked up and does something or whatever, or it seems like the outside is controlling the inside, he says, come to me and confess your sins and I'll forgive it and make it like it never happened. That's right. First John 1.9, if we confess or speak out our sins, our missteps, our wrongdoings to God, he will forgive you. But why? He does it. So he can hang out with you just like he wanted to hang out with Adam. But God's a holy God. God's a pure God. That's why he had to take the old Marcus out and put a new one in so I could hang out with him. See, my soul still, I don't think quite like God yet. I'm working on it. I'm getting there. I'm better. The outside's changing. But the inside has been changed. Yes. Already. Yes, yes. And that qualifies me for a day-to-day, moment-to-moment relationship of God. We hang out, and God brings his strength to my weaknesses. Yes, he does. He makes me strong. He gives me the ability to, to deal with the world and deal with stuff and deal with things. I'm here to tell you, I'm not alone.
1: That's right. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah.
0: I am not weak because I've got Jesus in his life fueling my life and that motor's running and it's running strong wow. Amen. and that's what makes me go yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: and then I ask myself the other question Lord how did you do it or how do you do it how do you everyday forget about my sins how does he do that Number four, before I go that, forgi- forgiveness restores and maintains my fellowship of God. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It restores it, but it also maintains it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we can hang out every day. I'll read you a scripture. This is in the Bible. You probably never read this in the Old Testament, but it applies to us today. Zephaniah 317. This is in a translation called the Amplified. It expands the word so you get all the meanings. Some people call this the women's translation because it's a lot of words. Mm. Men, we only have so many words. My wife has more. Amen. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Oh, the guys didn't chicken out. They said amen. All right. (laughs) The Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a Savior who saves. He will rejoice over you with joy. Look at that. He's a mighty one. He's a Savior. He saves you. He rejoices over you. And then it says he will rest in silent satisfaction. And in his love, he will be silent and make no mention of your past sins. He won't even recall or think about them. He will exalt over you with singing does God let it go, let it drop, and leave it? He doesn't think about it, and he doesn't talk about it. God doesn't think about all the stuff you did, and he definitely doesn't talk about it to the angels or to anybody else. That's right. He doesn't say, hey, Jesus, let me tell you what Marcus did today. You'll never believe what Marcus did. He never calls up and said... Hey, Gabriel, let me tell you what Marcus did last year. You remember when he did this? Yeah. Have you ever had anybody call you up and remind you of something somebody did? Yeah. Let's just all say yes. yes. Come on now. Yeah. Talk back to me. Yeah. Sure. I'm sure you've never called somebody and talked about other people's past, but somebody's called you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you, he never does that. And that forgiveness he gave me and got rid of all my sins, now he gives it to me to give away to everybody else I meet. Oh, come on now.
1: That's
0: right. Yeah. See, I sensed today as I was preparing this message, there's some people in here dealing with some forgiveness issues. How can God, number one, forgive me for what I've done and wipe it away like it never existed? But number two, how can I forgive that person for what they did to me and wipe it away like it never existed? How do you do that? You do it in God's love. You let it drop, you let it go, and you leave it. I'll wind down the service with this story. I think illustrates this real well. Paige's dad... Has a pontoon boat. He loaded up a bunch of friends. It's a flat boat that you can go out. We live on a lake. So they went to a restaurant. And as they got to the restaurant, he's in his boat. He's leaning down to tie up the boat to the pier, and he's got these really nice, expensive prescription glasses. Anybody got prescription glasses in here? Mm -hmm. You know how much they can be. And all of a sudden, in slow motion, like a bad dream, he could feel them sliding off his head, and all of a sudden he can see them departing, passing the boat, and splash hitting the water. And then he can see them go plop, 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 and all of a sudden they disappear. See, that's the way our sin is supposed to be.
1: Yeah. It's
0: supposed to be plop, plop, and disappeared. To Not only does God never see it, but you don't see it again. You don't bring it up again. You don't talk about what you did and how bad you were, but you don't talk about what they did and how bad they were. But while he was in the restaurant eating, one of the guys who was on the boat went and put on a swimsuit. He walks outside, he jumps in the water, and he goes diving for the glasses. And guess what? He found them. He dove down there, stayed down there, and all of a sudden he finds them, cleans them up, walks in the the restaurant and says, Virgil, I found your glasses. (laughs) See, I think that's the way we live. I think we remember what we've done wrong, and we remember how we missed it, and we just go diving. How do you go diving? You start thinking about it, then you start talking about it. Mm -hmm. Somebody does you wrong, what do you do? You start thinking about it, and then all of a sudden, you pull your friend over at the office and you start talking about it. Mm -hmm. What have you done? You've gone diving, and you've just brought it all the way back up. So God says, don't go diving. I put it under my blood. See, I'm here to tell you, every single one of us in here, we need a Savior.
1: Yeah.
0: You'll never be good enough. You'll never be earned enough. You'll never, ever get yourself in a position where you and God are on the same level on your own. You need somebody to pay the price, but you need to accept the price he paid. But the greatest thing you could do is accept his forgiveness and then give that forgiveness away. Yeah,
1: that's right.
0: In Ephesians 4:32, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as Christ, God forgave you. Oh, isn't that good? I'm here to tell you, people are going to do you wrong. You live on the planet more than 60 seconds, somebody's going to do you wrong. You get in Manchester traffic more than 60 seconds, somebody's going to cut in on you. In the roundabout. And it may be an American. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Something's gonna happen. But see the day I said Jesus come into my heart, take out the old heart, put a new heart in. The day I did that, I got the ability to love others, but I also got the ability to forgive others. See, I can do it. If my wife doesn't make my special meal that I'm craving for, guess what? I have the ability to walk in love and to be kind and not bring it up. If somebody says something about me that's an outright lie, I've got a Savior who will defend me and I don't have to defend myself. And I've got somebody who I can turn around and go, hey, i let it go, let it drop. I'll leave it. I'll release it. I'll put it yeah. under the blood. Yeah. See, today, as we talk about this amazing gift, even as we think about Christmas coming up, you don't have to wait to December 25th to receive the gift today. How many of you have already bought Christmas gifts? Well, folks, I need to really get after not too many people have bought. But some of you have bought gifts, and you may have already wrapped them up, but you're not going to open them up to the 25th. Uh What fun's in that? I remember when I was a kid, I'd find where mama hit them, I'd open them, look at them, try them on, put them back in the box, and wouldn't tell her. I did that one Christmas. I was not making it up. I actually did that. Folks, you can open the gift today. How do you open the gift? He's giving it to you. How do you receive it? There's a couple of things that the Bible says about receiving the gift says, anybody who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's in a book in the Bible called Romans, 10th chapter 13th verse. If you call out, Jesus, save me. And then there's another verse, just a few up from there, that says this. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you would be saved. See, when I was 20 years old, I did that. I got on my knees and I said, Lord... I've gone to church all my life, I grew up, I got good parents, but I'm not living for you. Come change me, come rearrange me, come save me. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, I called on him, supernaturally he reached in, he took out that old heart, that old engine, that old motor, that old, and he put a brand new one on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was changed and rearranged. Now, I'll be honest with you. On the outside, I still talked the same, and it wasn't very nice. I still did some things, and they weren't so good. But now, he's on the inside of me, and all of a sudden, my life started changing because I got around good people like you and started growing in my relationship with God and who you hang out with is who you become like. And I began to hang out with him. And then there can be a time when you've said, Jesus, come into my heart, but you feel like that God's over here and you're over here. Seems like you've done things or said things and all of a sudden you begin to feel as though that you and God are miles apart. At one time you were close, but now you just seem far away. But he said this to you, and he's saying it today. Hey, if you confess your sin, if you'll just give it to me, I'll take it away like it never, ever existed.